Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome you back to Red Islam International. It's just gone 9.39. So we have roughly about 20 minutes, maybe a little bit less than that for the program. This is the second segment of the program. We take a look at uh, the questions that our listeners sent in to us. Um, okay, let's start off with this question here. This is the first one that came in for today. Muftisab, there's a question here. Firstly, they uh, commenting and commending Radio Islam. So the first word is uh, congratulations to Radio Islam. Alhamdulillah, I improved my Islamic knowledge just listening to Radio Islam. Mufti, I want to know that if you give bloods for tests, does your wudu break? That's one question. Second question, if you give bloods while fasting, does your fast break? And third question, if you get an injection while fasting, does your fast break? Three questions. Yeah, so the, the first part is that uh, if you give bloods, does the wudu break? Yes, the wudu will break because the uh, blood has flown out of the body. So uh, the wudu will break as a result of giving the blood. The second part is if you, if you do a blood test while you're fasting, uh, the fast will not break because of that. It doesn't affect the fast. And the third is if you get an injection while fasting, uh, yes, uh, the, fa- uh, the injection will not break the fast unless it is directly into the stomach or directly into the brain, which is not the case. So therefore, a normal dejection, injection into the buttocks or into any other part of the body, uh, that will not break the fast. Okay, Jazakallah for that, Muftisab. Let's take a look at uh, other questions. So they, 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 they then quote a, a hadith here. I think they probably maybe, you know, it's a WhatsApp message that they receive, a hadith of the day. And they say that in this hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is re- reported to have uh, prohibited drinking directly out of the mouth of a water skin. That, so there is a container where water is kept. So under this, they're asking that Muftisab, can you kindly educate and advise on the above in today's times, drinking from a bottle, will it also apply? No, it won't apply. The reason why the Messenger Salaam had advised that a person shouldn't drink out of a water skin is because, you know, the water skin is such that sometimes there's something in there that you do not, you're not aware of. And that could be harmful for you because you can't see what's inside uh, the, the water skin. Now with the bottle, you're able to decipher what is in it. And uh, like that, if there's anything harmful, a person can then remove that. So therefore, this will not apply to a bottle, but uh, it is specifically for a, a you know, water container. Okay, Jazakallah for that. Let's take a look at the next session. Salams, respected Mufti Sab. We have an established family business. My two sons are in the business with me. My daughter who's married helps on a part-time basis. How do I share this financially and physically? As I'm worried that there may be no, that there may be a I don't know, no problem, or maybe a problem after my demise. At the moment, I do the buying, they are managing the business. Yeah, so uh, what we would say is that, you know, to avoid a situation in the future, uh, you should give each one a wage for now. That would be the easiest thing. The two sons that are in the business and the daughter who who helps part-time, accordingly, give them all, uh, each one a wage. And uh, uh, that was one of the ways that uh, you could deal with the situation. The other is then that you sort of give shares to each one accordingly. So you don't have to give the whole business over, but uh, allocate a certain amount of shares to the son, to the two sons and to the daughter proportionately. Uh, so in that way, there's no ambiguity because 
uh, as your concern. And uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, we're very happy that you've raised this question. And uh, these are the situations that go ahead and then makes a problem in the sense that going forward, the one will say, I worked more than the other one. And the other one will say, you came on a part-time basis. Now you've got to divide it all equally and things like that. So that shouldn't be the case. And by dealing with the situation beforehand, you are then able to uh, avoid a potential uh, conflict situation. Okay, Mufthasab, they're asking that uh, Mufti Musaji mentioned earlier Surah Toha. Kindly advise the ayat number in straining one's eyes. Jazakumullah. Yes, so the verse that we were referring to from Surah Taha is verse number 131. Uh, 131, uh, it's on the last page of the 16 Jews, which Allah says, So that is the verse that we refer to. Jazakallah for repeating that, Pufti so it's Surah Taha, verse number 131, 131. All right, here's another question. The question is quite uh, lengthy, but let's see if we can go through it. Mufti Sab, Salam, Mufti Sab, I was armed, robbed in December. May Allah subhanahu wa protect all of us, but that's what they're saying. That, however, a huge sum of money, gold coins and jewelry and watches was stolen. We have, however, found out that it was all planned by the house helper. She's released as uh, she said that her share of the loot she received was less than the amount that we told the investigating officer. So she was released by the magistrate. My problem is that I cannot forget my ordeal and our loss. I curse the helper. I question Allah saying that I make dua every day from uh, prevention of robbery and burglary and yet this happened to me. Please advise. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yes, so... Uh Allah Rabbul Izzah brings upon man different circumstances in this world. And sometimes there may be something that we fear and uh, the effect, you know, only you will know. And we can imagine, you know, the ordeal that a person has gone through. But at this point, you know, we need to now look at what could have been worse circumstances and try to take solace from that. Mm. That uh, they stole your wealth and... Uh, they may have left you in a very difficult situation but alhamdulillah they did not hurt you or injure you or kill a family member so uh, when we make dua to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah may grant us exactly what we want uh, allah may uh, you know uh, avert something bad from happening to us or it may be that allah collects that as a treasure for us in the akhirah uh, you know we are sinners as human beings we sin day and night. We don't even perform our salah properly. Mm. We are unable to hold our thoughts from beginning till end in our salah. While we in sajda, we think of all different things. Our salah should be thrown back in our face. Mm. Our salah is worthy of making tawbah about. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives and overlooks. And if Allah chooses that, you know, by these things that happen, which are difficult for us to bear, it becomes a means of cleansing for us then instead of being punished for uh, you know the wrong that we've done in the akhirah then this is also a favor from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we should look at it in these circumstances that yes it is difficult yes it was a great loss but it could have been worse and uh, we should actually then uh, you know take it in that light and understand that the, the fact that it was to the extent that it it had taken place this was also a favor from allah and that allah protected us from something worse from happening and that will bring comfort to the heart, inshallah. 
Inshallah, inshallah. Jazakallah for that very beautiful advice. Moved up another question. Does wearing a catheter excuse one from Salah? No, it doesn't excuse one from Salah. It makes you a ma'adhur. A ma'adhur is a person uh, who has some excuse with regards to wudu. The person then will make a fresh wudu for the entry time of every Salah. And a person then, as long as the urine is flowing in and out of the catheter, that will not break the wudu unless some other external reason breaks the wudu, the person passes wind. But in terms of the urine flowing out of the bladder into the catheter will not break the wudu. So it doesn't excuse you from salah, but it does uh, give you the latitude that if you make wudu in the beginning of the salah time, then, uh, you, you know, as long as that uh, the, you won't have to make uh, repeat the wudu because of the catheter during that salah time. Uh, uh, so you, you'll be able to perform multiple salahs with that wudu uh, on the condition that it's only because of the issue of the urine flowing into the catheter and no other reason that breaks the wudu. Okay, another question. Salams, I would like to know if a woman goes to the gynecologist and has an internal examination, does she have to perform ghusl thereafter? And then afterwards, Muftisab, they're asking, if so, what ghusl would it be? Uh, so, if a lady goes to the gynecologist and the, the gynecologist does an internal examination, then uh, if there was... Uh, so, ghusl will not be compulsory. Ghusl will not be compulsory. Uh, what would happen is that uh, if there was witness that came out from the private, then that would obviously break wudu. The witness that came out from the private when after this. So that would break wudu. And in the case when the person is fasting and uh, if the lady, the gynecologist had applied some lubricant and that was inserted into, uh, you know, into the private, then that would break the fast. So whistle will, under all circumstances will not be necessary uh, for this type of examination. Okay, Jazakallah for that, Muftisab. Let's take a look at more questions that has come through. Salams, can one make nafal itikaf whenever we on our musalla all year round, or is it just during Ramadan? No, nafal itikaf is any time. So for the male, when you go to the masjid, uh, you should always make the intention that uh, I am I am intending to make nafil itikaf, nawaitul itikaf, lillahi azza wa jal. Make that intention when you enter the masjid. And for the lady, when you enter your salah room, when you enter the musallah, then you make the intention that I'm making intention for um, making nafil itikaf. And an interesting point uh, I've heard from my honorable Sheikh, Aziz Mufti Radawul Haqsab, uh, Hafidahullah, that he said that, you know, sometimes we forget about this. So as a precautionary measure, we should make the intention that whenever I enter the masjid, I, for the future, make intention for itikaf. Mm. And for the lady, when you're entering your musallah, so in that way, uh, at that moment, if you forget, inshallah, it will also still be a means of reward for you. Alhamdulillah. Very, very, very beautiful, very sound advice from Hazrat Muftisab. Uh, another question. Let's take Okay, this is an interesting question, Muftisab. They say, Assalamu alaikum. What happens if due to negligence on the guest's part, they break something which incurs a cost running into the thousands? Who should bear that cost? So in these type of things, we have to look at, you know, if there's genuine negligence, hmm. then uh, the person will be uh, responsible for it. So there's fair usage, there's wear and tear of each situation, and then there's negligence. You have, uh, you know, generally everything has a lifespan. Right. So 
uh, you may go into a bathroom and uh, you are using the tap and suddenly the tap falls off and breaks. Right. But it was negligent. The tap is there for 40 years and the person used it with fair usage. He didn't go and stand on the tap or pull the tap. The tap broke. So that is fair usage. But on the other hand, if there's negligence, where the person you know, had used something in a way that is not common to usage, uh, the common, then the person will be responsible, yes. Okay, Jazakallah for that, Mufti Sab. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. My husband is on dialysis. Can he fast on the day of dialysis? Yes, he can fast on the day of dialysis. There's nothing that will prevent him. The dialysis, the cleansing of the blood, blood uh, leaving and entering the body, that doesn't affect the fast in any way. We make dua that Allah grants him strength, uh, that he's able to fast, and that uh, you know the dialysis goes well for him during the month of Ramadan, and Allah grants him good health under all circumstances. I mean, I mean. Um, okay, more questions that are coming in through now. A male went for a medical appointment. He had to stand and urinate. Does this require a ghusl? So to stand and urinate under circumstances, you know, it would be allowed. But the most important thing is that, you know, what happened to the najasa? Did it, you know, mess his clothing? Did it mess his body? If that is the case, that it messed his clothing, or it messed his body, then the urine should be washed of the body. If it messed the clothing, then the, the, the clothing should be washed. Uh, so that is the more pertinent thing. Just standing and urinating itself uh, wouldn't necessitate a ghusl. Okay, um, another interesting question, Mr. Zap. My husband says, I can't fast after the 15th of Shaban. We're an elderly couple and fasting is my strength. He says, I'm going against the Sunnah. Uh, so fasting after the 15th of Ramadan is uh, not good for a person who, the, if the person fasts, it may weaken them in the month of Ramadan. Uh, but if a person is a regular person who fasts and they have the strength, then yes, a person can fast after the 15th of Shaban. And, uh, you know, Nabi Sassam fasted abundantly in this month of uh, Shaban. So uh, it should be that, you know, if you can manage it, it won't affect your, so to say, performance in Ramadan then uh, there's no problem with you fasting after the 15th of Shabbat. Okay, another question. Uh, Honorable Mufti Sab, we're going to sell family plot abroad, uh, which belongs to my late grandfather, my dada, and subsequently also my late father will be inherited. The question is, that do, does our mother get her portion on that partition? Okay, so now this is what is, uh, you know, a munasakha masla. What, what, what will happen is that we will look at uh, the plot itself and the value of it, and then we'll start working out that who are the inheritors. And then if the inheritors have passed on, we will then work out who are the inheritors of the inheritor. So just say this belonged to your, uh, your, 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 fa your grandfather, and then it wasn't distributed after his death. So your father was supposed to get a share, and then your father didn't get his share, and then your father passed away. And uh, then after that, uh, you know, your mother now. So your mother would receive then a share from your father's share. So this is obviously a detailed masla, and for this type of a question, we would suggest that you send it to one of the Darul Iftas, and uh, we recommend that you send it to the Darul Ifta in Azadwal or in uh, Zakaria. And um, the email address for the Darul in Zakaria is 
duzifta at gmail.com. So it's D-U-Z, D-U-Z-I-F-T-A-A at gmail.com. D-U-Z-I-F-T-A-A at gmail.com. Jazakallah so much for that, Muftisab. Uh, another question. Assalamu alaikum. Muftisab, due to the water crisis in Durban, can one make wudu by washing the body parts two times instead of three times? No, no. We would say that you should remain on the sunnah. Look, a sunnah wudu shouldn't take more than, uh, you know, 300 amud. Mm. So, wudu takes very little water if okay. you do it the proper way. Mm. And uh, therefore, you know, we don't have to have the water flowing out of the tap between washing the limbs. So what you should do is move towards making wudu from a mud or lota. And uh, you'll see you can make wudu with very, very little water. It doesn't have to flow copiously. Uh, you know, mm. you just need to maintain the minimum amount where two or three drops come from each uh, or each part of the body. So where after you've washed the face, uh, you should have that amount of water where two or three drops come dropping off the face. So if you do that three times, you know, it's very little water that's being used. Suddenly for each of the arms, two or three drops come off after each time you watch it. So you should stick to the sunnah amount, but use less water overall. Jazakallah for that, Muftizab. Uh, okay, let's take a look at other questions. So there's this question here, Muftizab. Um, so, okay, they, they're, using, uh, they're just using different names as an example in this case, right? So they're saying that if Amr is looking to buy a car and he's not experienced, he has a very close friend, Zaid, who knows about cars a lot. Amr asks Zaid to help him find a car. Zaid finds a car but quotes a price keeping some commission. For example, the original price was 500k, but Zaid says that you can get the car for 600k. Amr doesn't know that Zaid is actually keeping a profit. Afterwards, Amr then gets to know about it. According to Zaid, the prophet is his right, whereas Amr thinks he broke his trust as he contacted him being a friend, not a broker, and quoted wrong price. Please tell whether the munafa Zaid is making is jais or not. The munafa is random, and Zaid did what Zaid did is professionally not a broker. Yes, so Amr requested Zaid to assist you in finding a car. Mm. He did not enter in a contract and say, I want to buy a car from you. Right. So if Zaid assisted Amr in finding a car, that will be regarded as a favor Hassan from him. Mm. Zaid is not entitled to any commission from Amr, and therefore the car was 500,000, and Zaid quoted 600,000. He is guilty of lying. And an extra thousand, 100,000, and he's going to return it to Amr. So when you are considered as a, you know, a wakil on behalf of the person, then you've got to be honest. If you are you know, an external person doing a uh, doing a deal with a person, mm-hmm. then that, that is a different matter altogether. Yes. Okay, move this up. Uh, should we leave it there? Yes, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, so that is where we're going to leave it for today. Chazakla for the, 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 the questions. It has come through. Very, very, very informational. Very, very interesting. And Chazakla to Muftisab for answering all those questions for us. Muftisab, Allah subhanahu wa reward you. And we hope to speak again. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.